Puget Sound region. This is uh, Rebecca Sayre. I am your host of the Sustainability Sessions. Uh, coming to you from cloudy but beautiful Seattle. And with me today, we have a fabulous guest who is a longtime um, leader in green building and energy efficiency in the Puget Sound region, Tom Balderson of Balderson and Associates. Um, and he's been a he's a green building consultant. He's a trainer. Um, he loves houses and likes to make them as efficient as possible. And Tom, so welcome. Thanks for being here today. Good morning. And you have had 25 years as a carpenter, designer, remodel contractor. 18 years as an energy uh, energy auditor, tech lead for utility programs, green building consultant. And yes, as and you I, noted, in and the I'm only 39. I know you are, you've been a busy Isn't that guy. Great. Yeah, it's incredible. I'd like to I'd like to learn those secrets of yours as well. No, as um, I said, I turned 30 twice. So, uh-huh. OK, you know, <laughs> I'm I am uh, I'm going to say it. I am 48 years old, which is kind of crazy because I still I don't know. My mom tells me that she feels like she's constantly about 34, even though she's 80. And I think it's the same thing. I'm like, I'm just a grown up version. That's of great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. So um, anyways, or trying to be a grown up version of me, I should say, constantly, constantly learning. Um, tell us, Tom, like, at we're, so we're in this interesting time, right, where folks are at home more and the world's in kind of a crazy state. And we're all many of us, all of us are thinking about how how we're living and, and what our homes are like. And we're particularly aware of what our our home situations are. And for those of us who have homes or are looking at buying a home, um, yeah, there's there's these ideas of how how can we make the home as efficient, energy efficient as possible, um, to do a bunch of things to save money, which mm-hmm. is pretty crucial, mm-hmm. to save right. energy, uh, to you know take care of the resources that we have, and certainly to reduce our carbon footprint. Um, could you let's let's dive into this? Um, you know, okay. can you tell us kind of about that theory and also what uses energy in a house? Okay. Well, I think it's also this. It's like as we get towards the. I mean, summer is really just beginning, but I don't know for some reason this year I'm thinking about fall earlier. But you know, as you get towards fall, you start thinking of the heating season coming, and we all think about well, how can we how can we tighten up the house or, or fix it up to make sure that we. Um, have a more efficient, comfortable house. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, m- many energy audits and blower door tests later. And if you're not familiar with the blower door test, we'll talk about that later as to what that is. But um, I've looked at an awful lot of houses and I, I've done a lot of, um, you know, we do with new homes, we do energy modeling with, and rating, which is trying to figure out what a building's going to use before it's built. But so it gets you after a while, you think about what uses energy in a house. Um, and um, I'll make a list, quick list, um, more or less in order of how big it is. But I'd say probably one of the largest things is the plug loads, we call them, which is all the, un, the unidentified things that you plug in and use. Uh, um, 
um, including your kitchen appliances and appliances that, that especially as houses get more and more efficient, it becomes a bigger part of the energy use. Mm -hmm. Obviously the heating, space heating of the house and cooling. I just want to uh, take, let's water. dive into that in a minute because that was an interesting, you know, yeah. homes get more efficient, there's more energy use. So, so let's tag that, but keep going through the list. Yeah, of yeah. Uh, heating and hot water, obviously, are probably major uses. Um, the clothes dryer is now probably the biggest uh, energy using appliance in the house. Um, mm -hmm. Years ago, it used to be the refrigerator, but refrigerators are really gotten a lot more efficient now. Um, and then as far as, you know, then you can think of window, your windows, uh, walls, attic, and floor are energy users because they're losing heat to the outside world all the time. Um, and you have to put more energy in the house to, to heat, to, to replace that. Um, and then I would say air ducts and air, air leaks and duct leaks, which is the thing that we often don't think about, but it's very important. Uh, and let's get back to that and talk about air leaks and air sealing. Um, okay. And then of course, lights and appliances and other miscellaneous things. But you can kind of think of a house as uh, if it was a bucket, the bucket has a hole in it in terms of heating the house uh, you have to you have to put heat into the house to keep it warm and the heat's leaking out all the time through the air leaks and the windows and doors and you have to have a furnace or a heater that's big enough to keep filling the bucket fast as fast as the hole is as the, as the water is going out through the hole so um, you know you can put in a bigger furnace put in more fuel or you can reduce or you can uh, seal up parts of that that leak and uh, cut down at the amount that it that that it wastes or loses so that's kind of where we're trying to do with retrofitting homes is, is eliminate that um, is to make make that make that leak smaller so less going out gotcha yeah and just like the the tighter the system the less energy that gets used Right, because you're just, it's just- Less energy is used and the less is, uh, you know, heating the great outside, the outside world. Yeah, cool. You're trying to just and, keep, it, and, keep it in the house where you want it. Yep, yep. Gonna save you money, gonna save you energy, gonna save you time, gonna save you yeah. trouble. Um, and what we were really diving into when we spoke the other day, again, given these interesting times, is that there's a lot of stuff that you can do sort of DIY with, you know, with some mm -hmm. guidance. And the good thing is there's lots of resources uh, in our community, in the Seattle area, the King County area. I know we've got listeners from all over, mm -hmm. but um, what are, you know, what, are, let's dive into some of those, you know, things that people can do now and also yeah. to bigger things they can do. I mean, you can have with, with certain uh, safety measures in place, have contractors come into your home and, and do right, some of these right. tests and, and do some of this work. But how would you go about, um, you know, because let me back that up a little bit that we were also talking about previously how, at, at least in our area, getting King County uh, in the Puget Sound region around Seattle, uh, we have pretty good building codes for efficiency for new construction, but there's so much that can be done with existing, existing buildings exactly so yeah. the ret retrofit is is really where it's at in so many ways and, and it's such a great principle like let's just take what we have and make it work better because we know more than mm -hmm. we did at one mm -hmm. time so given that context 
Um, and we were just saying that, you know, I just, I'm a real estate agent with Infinity Real Estate and Development. And I was just looking mm -hmm. up at, at our, our local Northwest Multiple Listing Service, you know, how right now there's about 10,000 homes on the market this month. So let's, it's a, and it's pretty limited right now. So we can extrapolate that out. It is to yeah. how many homes yeah. are being bought and sold throughout the region and people have an opportunity to, to make some changes. Mm -hmm. right, so, mm -hmm. so given all of that context, kind of like if you were a new home buyer, let's say, uh, or you're living in your home and you're just hanging out and you're thinking of listening to the show and you get inspired, how would you perhaps go about tackling some of these objectives? Yeah, I think, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think you got to think about the large, the, the, the big and the small, as you said, you've got the little things that you can do easily. And, and then you've got the bigger things that you've got to maybe plan for and that might be might be a major investment or expense like windows um, um and also i think about uh tenants too because uh you know right. i think maybe we should start there with folks that don't own the home and right. what can you do on a on a low cost basis to help help your bills um uh and i think you know let's start with shower heads because everybody can it, it most people have many people have already change their shower heads but traditionally shower heads use about two and a half gallons a minute that's the federal standard still um but we've got really uh good shower good good uh shower heads available that might use 1.2 or 1.3 gallons a minute so less than half as much and it, it's amazing how much impact that has on the overall energy use of the house because you cut your hot water use by uh by uh 40% or half with shower heads and faucet aerators. Um, and you goodness. just use a lot less for hot water. Um, and um, so, you know, that's that's a, that's the one off right off the top. You know, maybe you can, there's, there's never been a better return on investment than a, than a $20 shower head <laughs> or even, a, you know, an $8 shower head. Um, and something that's pretty easy to change yourself. I mean, um, yeah, I've done it. You get the Teflon tape and whatever, you know, you can put it on. Um, the other, uh, um, another one is, um, well, clothes dryers, um, are a pet peeve of mine. Um, it, it, um, and there, there isn't, I mean, the simple way is if you look at a drying rack or a clothesline, um, um, Americans, we all think everything goes in the dryer and everything, uh, uh you know, has to be dried electrically and other, some other parts of the world they hang up their clothes and uh they, and in some places people just don't like i in in parts of europe they don't they don't have dryers in a lot of cases a lot of folks don't have them so um uh if you partially dry clothes or you um, have a way of of uh, working with that um you can cut your dryer use quite a bit um and the, the dryer can use, I need to improve on you know, 600 900 kilowatt hours a year it's a pretty big chunk of your right. um, of your energy use um, other like little things, um, are like, um, air, air sealing, caulking and weather stripping, um, is a pretty easy project. And I think, you know, years ago, my daughter was, uh, in college, she was living in an apartment that was, that was, uh, all electrically heated and it was single pane glass had, had, a you know, a big sliding glass door. Uh, that was aluminum and sweated in the winter time, and it, it was great because the first time she'd moved out of the house, when she'd moved out of the house, um, 
she started having to pay her own bills and became like really, really aware of energy efficiency. <laughs> um, right. And we went down on a weekend and we put uh, shrink wrap on the windows and we put, um, we took some uh, rigid insulation, uh, like one inch rigid insulation, made a panel that covered up about three quarters of this big sliding glass door that took up the whole wall and it made a huge difference for them. So there's little things like that that I think are real important to do um, to do uh, if you if you don't have the resource to do a major project. Um, yeah, or or if as you said, if you are a renter, which we have many renters. And then you know, in the long run, we we have to work with landlords and property owners to, to right. figure out ways to get these things done. I do know that um, there are some efforts in our region also to implement things such as green leases, where uh, landlords are working with the tenants to meet goals and, and that that can get reflected in rent and various other incentives to, you know, just mm -hmm. to increase the buy-in and this whole, cause we're all in this together. Yeah. So yeah. That's some cool stuff that policy wise. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, so let's, take, let's take an old house, I guess. I mean, I have a lot of experience with different kinds of houses. I've uh, done probably many hundreds of energy audits um, in Olympia, Bellingham, uh, you know, through Seattle Eastern and um, uh, on the west side of the state. Um, um, but I, I don't know, I guess if you think of some examples, um, like I can talk about my house, I think, um, and, and uh, a lot of old homes. You know, I have a house that was originally built in uh, 1927, I think. And it was, uh, uh, it was I, I did a major remodel on it in the early 90s, but uh, we didn't rebuild the whole thing. So there's still parts of it. You know, I have this sure. shoemaker's children situation. I still have seen situations in my house that don't fit mm -hmm. what, what my, my career is about. Um, uh, you, let's say you may have a house with a crawl space or a basement. Um, I, I usually look down to the basement and up above to the attic first. Um, and it's amazing how many homes around here don't have any floor insulation. Okay. Um, you know, uh, we all love to go in a crawl space, right? I mean, who, who loves oh, yeah. going in a crawl space? Nobody does. And most people don't ever go in the crawl space. Nobody, people, you know, rather not look down there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you did look down there and you there. saw either you had no floor insulation or you had uh, floor insulation that was hanging down around the place, you know, around the place and was, even if it's, uh, if it's, uh, hanging down enough so it's not touching the floor that's above it. It's not really doing its job. It's not getting a, a very good insulation value. Um, and that's really incredibly common. So, um, and- And, and the uh, comfort level increase if you've got good floor insulation is with, so With all nice. insulation, the comfort level increases. Um, and then you may also have your heating ducts down there. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have your heating ducts in the crawl space or your furnace in the garage, Anytime you have the, the, the furnace or heat pump outside the house, the, the, the fan portion of it, which we call the air handler, um, or the uh, ductwork that's outside of the house, uh, you have ducts that leak and you have ducts that um, don't have insulation on them. Um, and you can lose 20% of the heat uh, energy before it gets to your registers, before it even gets to your house. That's crazy. So duct sealing and duct insulation is a, is a thing that has been emphasized probably for the last 15 years. We've been working on it really hard. We, we require it now in uh, in our new building code. You have to have the ducts tested, uh, pressure County, tested. Yeah. Um, and we have programs uh, 
there have been rebate programs for many years with particularly Puget Sound Energy, if you're a Puget Sound Energy customer on the east side. Um, and um, most, of these pro most of these ideas have um, uh, a lot of benefits to comfort and as well as energy savings. Okay, so I just want to hit, go back to that for people who are listening. And again, if you're just tuning in, this is uh, the Sustainability Sessions. I'm your host, Rebecca Sayre. Our guest today is Tom Balderson of Balderson and Associates, and he is a just a longtime expert uh, and works in uh, figuring out where there are inefficiencies in your home's energy use and uh, ways to tighten that up to save money, to save energy, to reduce your carbon footprint. And um, he's just talking about how important one of the key things is looking at the, the your insulation and, and tightening it, up, tightening that up, and you know, mm -hmm. getting rid of air leaks so that uh, the energy that you use is just going towards the things that you're intending to use it for. And in in our region here in Puget Sound, uh, there are uh, rebates and incentives like from Puget Sound Energy, and um, and Seattle City Light. And Seattle mm -hmm. City Light. And in fact, just to throw out here, he, he gave me some phone numbers. That's that's good. So um, again, you can just look up Seattle City Light, uh, rebates and incentives also online and also Puget Sound Energy. But some phone numbers for anybody who's listening, get your computer keyboards ready or get your pens and pencils out if you're doing it that way. Seattle City Light is 206-684-6800. Puget Sound Energy is 800-562-1482. So continue. Right. Both of those utilities, oh, sorry. Uh, both utilities have staff of energy advisors and that's so you would be getting if you reach those numbers. So if you're looking at doing work, uh, insulation work uh, or other items, um, look, at, um, look at talking to the energy advisor about the rebates. They also have I think you asked me originally about referring to contractors, um, and that's a good place to start. Is with the utility programs. They they run a whole pro run a whole programs, and and some some utilities run a whole program with contractors. Um, the Puget Sound Energy has. If you go on there, for example, you can find lists of contractors that they, can help. They actually have a verified contractor network. Yeah, that okay. they run. Cool. And that's I used great. to do um, I used to do the quality control. So working with the contractors, inspecting their work after they after they did it. Um, so they, they have a pretty good program. Um, utilities have been doing energy conservation for a long time and they run really good programs doing it. Um, the rebates change from time to time and we, we don't have, uh, in, in Seattle, um, we uh, say many people heat with gas and heat yeah. with and, and use electricity for their other uses. So we have kind of a split situation. We have Puget Sound Energy for natural gas and, and uh, CLC light for electricity. In other parts of the region, um, you know, you have you may have a split, either a split of utilities or, or all your utilities come from one, one utility like PSE. And then um, we also have some interesting policy changes upcoming where I know that there's efforts to actually wean us off, off the natural gas um, and, yeah. oil and various things like that, sort of yes. methodologies that are you know, oil in particular, I, I, I'm working, you know, I'm a real estate agent. I, I have some clients right now that are a younger couple kind of cobbling it together to get their first house, right? Mm -hmm. Which is mm -hmm. always, you know, it's, it's challenging in our, our, uh, 
our expensive market. Um, there's a lot of homes that have oil, and those those clients are like, ah, we don't want to deal with the oil. They just it's they know mm -hmm. that it's messy, they know that it's dirty, they also just know that it's hard to manage, right? So there's also efforts to try to find incentives and create support for people to replace those oil those oil tanks in their homes. Yeah, yeah, I think it's still about four or five percent of homes in in uh, Seattle is still heat with oil. And, and Seattle Light has a $1,500 rebate for yeah. converting to a, a heat pump or a ductless heat pump from oil. So they've they've had uh, they've had this for a number of years, and they're really trying to encourage people to move off oil. Not only, I mean, it's a it's a win win because it's uh, it, it's an energy saving. Some folks that have oil heat might you know you pay three or four thousand dollars a year to heat your yep. house. Um, you got to clean it. Depending on the price of oil at the time. And then you have the carbon emissions, which the city, you know, our region as a whole is trying to reduce carbon emissions. So uh, if you if can I take a house that heats for $4,000 a year with oil and probably heat it for less than $700 a year with heat pumps. Right. You know, the modern ductless heat pumps are extremely efficient. So you can uh, use those incentives and rebates. With the rebates, you know, there are smaller homes where the heat pump investment would pay for itself in two years. Uh, it's really a it's really an amazing switch if you go from oil to a heat pump. Uh, oil is close to ten times more expensive per unit of energy than uh, than a good modern uh, what we call inverter heat pumps, the ones that that are being used now, like ductless heat pumps. And if I recall from earlier this year, or gosh, was it last year? It's so funny, time is so uh, elusive to me th this at this time. But when the city was looking at putting together some more programming to support this transition, I think they said it would reduce our carbon emissions by something huge, by like 30%. Um, just just um, oil is a big contributor. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the numbers right offhand. I mean, it's, it's, still, it's a small number of homes. Most homes in um, Seattle heat with gas, I'd say, and then a, a, a and then a, a good proportion of our electric heat as well. Yeah, so I guess don't quote me on that, but I just remember yeah. being surprised at like the yeah. amount of, yeah, just, just this one switch would actually be a significant contributor to reducing the city of Seattle's carbon footprint. Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and what else, in my notes here, you've got some, I'm just looking at time, we've got to go to break in a few moments, but maybe we can just start this and then come back after break. Um, water. Yes. Water, let's come water, back water. and talk about air sealing and insulation. Okay, um, let's keep but, talking about that then for the next few minutes. Right. It. it, it um, well, I see. Just to sum up, um, I say we can talk about this in more detail when we come back. But okay. But you've got uh, two things going on to think about. You've got air leaks and you've got insulation uh, as as ways to save energy. So um, you're going back to your floor insulation. Your floor might not have much insulation, but it also has a lot of wires, pipes, and uh, maybe the cutout underneath the bathtub uh, mm -hmm. where you get really substantial air leaks. And most of the air leaks in a home uh, tend to go from the bottom to the top, the worst ones. Uh, our windows and doors are, are leaky, but um, um, many times the windows have been updated. Uh, newer windows are, are really pretty airtight. Um, I, I suppose that, you know, if you have an older, very old house with uh, single pane windows um, and, and poor weather stripping, you could have a big portion of your air leaks coming from windows. But most of the time they're going from the bottom to 
to the top. And when a house is heated in the wintertime, it acts like a chimney. So the warm air tends to push up yeah. and draws air out of the crawl space or the basement and leaks out at the top and through the attic. So I'm looking, when, when, I, when I do rework my floor because it needs to be, uh, needs to be reworked, I'm, I had, I've had parts of the uh, crawl area where you know raccoons have gotten in at, at times and pulled some insulation down and, um, and uh, it's been it's something we need to get back to. Uh, <laughs> we need to before we put insulation back in, we need to go through an air seal uh, with the foam can, you know, and hit all the wires, pipes, every possible um, penetration or hole that we can find in there to reduce that air movement from the crawl space to the house. Uh, it's also really, you know, in the Bill Green program, we look at air quality and um, you don't really want to be breathing the air that's coming out of your crawl space, most, most cases. So uh, the tighter you can make that, that boundary, um, the, the, better, the better for your overall health, I'd say, as well. Okay. And the Bill Green program, that's a King County program. Bill Green program is a, is a King Snohomish Master Builders program that's really for new homes. Mm-hmm. Um, Although there is a remodel program, there's a remodel certification, but it's certifying homes to say that they are built to a green standard. Um, and uh, that's what I work on a lot now is new construction. Cert- we certify homes for LEED, Bill Green, and the, uh, one of the more exciting new programs called Passive House, which we can talk mm-hmm. about in the next section. I'm excited about that. In fact, I'm gonna take this moment just before we go to break to mention um, Passive House uh, is just an incredibly efficient uh, system where you're basically you're, you're, you're not creating waste. And Tom and I know each other through the fabulous Northwest Eco Building Guild, uh, where uh, the origin of this program is actually through there as well. And the Northwest Eco Building Guild on July 22nd, Tom has been involved in the creation of this curriculum, is going to be having a Zoom uh, workshop on going net zero at light speed. So that means net zero is the net zero energy. Uh, so that's right. Yeah. Just before we go to break, we've got like a minute. Tom, do you want to just plug that a little bit? We've got. What is two- net zero energy? Yeah. We have a we have a, a one of our it's our regular education session. Uh, they usually last Wednesday of the month, but we're doing them on Zoom now. And we've got um, uh, Ted Clifton Jr. from Bellingham and Steve Wise from Yakima, two of our most pioneering net zero builders that build either new or custom homes. Um, so great. To it and and the definition of net zero is a house. It's not a house that doesn't use any energy. It's a house that has a solar system that balances out the energy it uses. So it's has to be very efficient on one hand and then have the solar that that makes up for the energy it uses. Um, so, and I'm you look at the balance. total annual energy use and you know at any one time it might not be creating it all from solar, but over the course of the year it's balancing out to zero. Cool. Uh, basically a house with no energy bills. You pay you pay a service charge, eight dollars a month. That's pretty good. That's um, pretty good. I think people that, might that be familiar really with the uh, the Z Home project in Issaquah mm-hmm. uh, yeah. about eight years ago. Uh, they built ten townhomes. We we actually monitored eight of them for two years, and they used three dollars worth of electricity for the eight houses. Over the course of that three years, over or two or years, annually? yeah, 
Okay. Wow. Over the course of two years, they used $3 worth of electricity. Um, for the eight homes, eight of the 10 homes where the owners were willing to share the utility bills, the information. Um, that's, you know, it's, that's it's a pretty amazing. cool idea that you this can have things we can do. Yeah. And carry that on into the future. Yeah, um, absolutely. And retrofit homes that have already been built in the past. Yep. There right, are people, so yep. I just want retrofitting to passive house to existing homes too. That's exciting. I have a client who's actually do, doing that. As I told you uh, yesterday, he's working on getting his condo ready for sale. So he's going to sell that and then we're going to look for a home for him to retrofit it. I know. Excellent. Yeah. And so that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. exciting. I'll probably have him get in touch with you when we, when we get to that point. Um, so again, that is uh, net zero at light speed, a zoom a workshop put on by the Northwest eco building guild. And that's July 22nd, is that 6 p.m. or 7 p.m.? Um, good question. I think it's, I wanna say I think that's, it's gathering at 6.30, the presentation starts at seven. I think that's right, it starts at seven. Uh, nwebg.org is where you can go to find out that information. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, this is the sustainability sessions. I am your host, Rebecca Sayre. I'm thrilled to have a, a friend, colleague, pioneer in uh, energy efficiency. Tom Balderson is my guest today. And we are going to go to break and be back in just a little bit. A brand new moon, brand new sun. So are you interested in green building, energy efficiency, and sustainable practices? The Northwest Eco Building Guild is a 501c3 community of builders, designers, suppliers, and homeowners concerned with ecological building in the Pacific Northwest. The Guild empowers people through educational activities, classes, and events through the year. To learn more on how to go solar, conserve water, lower your energy bills, and create a healthy home environment, visit ecobuilding.org forward slash events today. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Are you looking for a realtor? Rebecca Sayer from Infinity Real Estate and Development in Seattle is a real estate broker with a passion for helping people with an enjoyable and successful home buying experience. Infinity is focused on empowering positive futures for each of our clients as well as the community. With a deep local knowledge in green and sustainable properties and housing models, Rebecca is committed to connecting people with the right property. She can help you access a home that will increase your quality of life, reduce electromagnetic and toxic product exposure, plus your carbon footprint. Rebecca serves on the Northwest Eco Building Guild's Education Committee, where she is helping develop a series of courses for people who have an interest in living more sustainably, be it in a home or an apartment, through classes that share the tricks, tools, and resources available. To connect with an agent that serves you and your community, reach out to Rebecca at Rebecca at InfinityRed.com today.
There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Cherish this moment. Cherish this breath. Tomorrow's a new day for everyone. A brand new moon. Hello out there. Uh, welcome back. This is the Sustainability Sessions. I'm your host, Rebecca Sayre. Um, in my day job, I'm a real estate agent with Infinity Real Estate Development. Um, and today we have a fabulous guest, Tom Balderston of Balderston & Associates, and he has been a leader regionally in uh, making one's home energy efficient, whether it be retrofitting an existing home, uh, providing counsel for those who are renters wanting to make your living space more efficient, um, and also new construction. So Tom and I have been diving into some really practical steps that we can all take kind of DIY during this time that we're spending a lot more time at home, mm -hmm. um, but also some resources and um, tools and strategies to uh, reduce uh, energy leakage and improve efficiency uh, in homes. And also we're going to talk a bit more about going to, um, you know, kind of the, the, the big goal of having a, a net zero uh, energy loss uh, and also uh, passive house. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some policies as well. So it's going to be an interesting discussion. Tom, how's it going? Yeah, good, good. Um, good morning again. Um, uh, we were talking about retrofitting uh, your existing old house. Um, and uh, I was talking a little bit about my house as an example, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a shoe, the shoemaker's children here in some areas. Um, I've, I got many friends who like have already lived the net zero life, you know, now, but, but uh, you know, we all have jobs and we have other things to do. So there are things in my crawl space that have to be attended to. Um, but I, I want to say uh, that up. We were talking about that. You were saying that insulation, floor insulation, ceiling insulation, that's and sealing up those holes. Mm -hmm. That's one of the number one first things yeah. to do. And then we were diving yeah, into and, and, and after we talked about some little things like um, like like shower heads and faucet aerators and things, um, smart thermostat is a little thing. Uh, there's a $75 rebate for a smart thermostat now from PSE that I, that I got. You just sound and energy. the thermostat was about $120, so really okay. inexpensive. Um, but but as far as you know the 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 what we call the envelope of the house or the whole house is keeping it from losing heat to the outside. Um, you, you want to think about air sealing first and insulation second, but, you know, don't forget the insulation. It's important, but uh, making the house more airtight. So getting out the caulking gun and uh, finding those major leaks. And, and like I say, the, the worst leaks are usually at the bottom and top. So the, the wires, pipes, bathtub cutouts, things that are coming for, through the crawl space or in the basement, that's going to be more at the outside perimeter walls uh, where, where the air leaks are going to be it might be the garage door and then the inside you know if there's a partial garage the leaks between the garage and the basement um, and then the attic uh, which air sealing the attic is 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 best done at the time you're insulating it or re-insulating it 
you know, many times contractors, if there's old insulation that's dirty, they you would take that out. Uh, and it's great if they if you vacuum all that out and then you've got the clean attic, you can air seal everything then and then insulate again on top of it. Um, if you have an attic that's blown in already, you know, with a loose fill insulation, it's it's tough. It's tough to get back in there and air seal that after that. Um, but if you have an attic with fiberglass baths, um, you can just roll those over to the side and find air leaks and, and seal them. So, um, and we look at the tops of the walls as, the, as you, you know, when you're looking down from an attic, you can see the top plates of the walls. Uh, we look at wire and pipe penetrations. And actually, if you're, if you're, if you've got fiberglass insulation, it might be, you know, pink or yellow. Uh, you, some cases you could, when you pull that over the side, you can see uh, um, marks on it, you know, dirty marks from dust. And wherever there's air going through, it's going to slowly build up dust. So you get this dust marking. It tells you where there's where there are air leaks that are a real problem. Okay. Um, sometimes the basement door, the attic hatch, will always have a dust line around the around the edge of it when you when you lift, open it or lift up that hatch. And if you see that dust mark, that's going to be a major leak, and you, you want to make sure that gets sealed, either with you know better weather stripping or caulking. And and there's resources and advice and contractors that people can reach out to um, on mm -hmm. utilities websites in our region, Puget Sound Energy and mm -hmm. Seattle City Light. Is that mm -hmm. right, Tom? Yeah, and and you know. The YouTube videos are fantastic on this. I mean, oh yeah, really? You just Google up air sealing my attic or uh, resources from the Department of Energy. But you know, nothing beats a good YouTube video. Um, That's true. If you just want to <laughs> put the phone there next to the, you know, next to the crawl space door, or take it with you and here, do this now. Um, uh, <laughs> now with air sealing, um, what's really important is think about the air quality in the house and the ventilation. So. You can't seal up a house super tight without without pr providing ventilation for fresh air to remove you know air pollutants and things. Um, now it's really it's kind of hard to seal a really old house. It's pretty hard to get it tight enough that it's really going to be a problem. Um, but once you get down to a certain level, um, you need to make sure you ventilate right as well. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is uh, doing a blower door test. I mean, it's a it's a really great tool. A uh, blower door is a big fan that you put in the we put in the front door of the house and you pull air out of the house and you can actually measure how much is leaking coming back in uh, by That's pressure helpful. with pressure gauges um, and you can also once you're pulling that air out you've got a, a so-called negative pressure in the house and the air's rushing in now through all the cracks so you could go around with your hands and feel the crack feel the air coming in the cracks so you can trace and find your air leaks that way um, that's actually one of the primary things that you all do at, at Baldwin. That's one of the things we do. We don't, yeah. we don't, we do it on new homes mostly, but um, okay. me and other contractors are out there doing that on existing homes. Um, right. You can, you can put a house under pressure and then air seal it while it's under pressure. And, and you just, you find leaks as you go. It's really great. Um, so then, you know, beyond that, think about what part of the house, especially might have no insulation. If parts of the floor have no insulation, that's your biggest heat loss. Um, if you already have some insulation, you know there's a there's a, a benefit, but the benefit you get like diminishing returns as you go. You know, mm -hmm. if your attic is already R30 and you go to uh, R49, 
um, that's not going to be as good if it turns out part of your floor is as no insulation, you know, so you want to get that just floor real first. Quick, R, just for people, R30 versus R30, R, what, what, is, what does that rating mm -hmm. mean? So yeah, an R value is the, is the resistance to heat loss. So uh, an R, uh, R30 <clears throat> insulation is about <clears throat> eight to 10 inches thick. And our new code for new homes is R49, which is uh, maybe 12 to 14 inch thick insulation, okay. depending on what kind of insulation it is. Um, so uh, yeah. And what about, let's talk about, um, cause I wanna, it's, it's already 845. It's always amazing how quickly these conversations go. Um, let's talk about water a little bit because the city of mm -hmm. Seattle and, and Houston Energy has a lot of great rebates and incentives for folks. You, you talked about the smart thermostat, $75 rebate. Um, um, low, yeah, low flow faucets and shower heads certainly save water. Um, you know, occasionally we all replace our appliances. So certainly mm -hmm. if you're going to replace a dishwasher or a clothes washer, uh, you want to look for an Energy Star appliance. Uh, they okay. use, in many cases, less than half the water. Um, and you know, water bills in Central Puget Sound are not not cheap. I mean, we, I'm, I think I pay seven seven hundred dollars a year or something like that, almost as much as I pay for um, for energy in some cases. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, same same. Uh, the toilet flushing uses a lot of water, and it's a pretty good deal now. You can get uh, you can get toilets that are, uh, I mean, a standard old toilet might use three gallons on a flush. Uh, the new uh, water sense toilets use more like 1.3 gallons, but there are great toilets at 0 0.8 gallons out there, and they they work they work quite well. Um, mm -hmm. I have a client who's put hundreds and hundreds of them in apartments around Puget Sound, and they've had them for years, and they they love them. They they're just fine. Okay. Um, anyway, the toilet's about $160. The rebate is $100. Yeah, and so that's through the saving, bad deal saving water save partnership. Half the water on, on the flushing. Yeah, I just want to say that's the saving water partnership through the city of Seattle. So go check mm -hmm. that out, saving water partnership. Right, right. Um, and then, yeah, so we've talked about blown in wall insulation, basically blown in insulation, sealing up holes um you know reducing water use uh you know there's policy efforts uh you know like we were just saying earlier to reduce um oil you know oil heating and all that kind of stuff but uh, what's some other let's talk big picture because I, I love getting into the nitty-gritty and giving people the the practical sure. stuff but but we're talking about this stuff because there's big there's big things we're trying to address that are very mm -hmm. important yeah, we had a years ago, well, in uh, 2009 to 2013, we had a program called uh, Community Power Works. Uh, we had similar programs in Snohomish County, Bainbridge Island. Uh, uh, in Seattle, you know, I just checked the statistics and I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand by these. I did a quick, this is a quick Google check. Uh, uh, 290,000 um, households in Seattle, about 65% of them are single family. So maybe we have 190,000 single family houses in Seattle, um, existing ones. Um, the Community Power Works program was a great program, a lot of really great work by smart people, uh, $20 million of federal money. Uh, they retrofitted something less than 5,000 homes. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you think about it, this decades of work, um, 
getting getting to and improving energy efficiency of existing homes and then you've got to count the apartment buildings and and i actually remember so, with that program there's about another... like a national climate strategy um this is a huge deal and it's a huge thing for creating jobs I was just going to um, say, was, big job. I was thinking of the example, and, and when you're trying to reduce emissions and save money at the same time, you, you might replace, one of the things on my list is replacing my gas water heater with a heat pump water heater. Mm -hmm. So in general, we're trying to move things towards electric and trying to move our electricity towards 100% clean electricity, which we're doing in Washington State. Um, and uh, uh, think about just replacing millions of gas hot water heaters with heat pump water heaters and how much work that is around the country and how much, how much, uh, you know, being a plumber is a pretty good job, you know, so there's, yeah. there's a lot also of economic being a solar installer is a pretty activity. good job. Being a solar installer, being a wind installer. Uh, there are now more people working in solar in, in uh, the LA, I think it's in the LA area than there are people working in Hollywood. Wow. <laughs> um, Wow. Yeah, it's, you know, so as we were talking the other day, like federal investments, like getting some some leadership. And if we do get a Green New Deal or something akin to that, like the investments in how we can create this cleaner, greener future, mm -hmm. it's just, it's. It, yeah, you have to have a strong work, policy. But that means work for people. And you have to have financing. You know, years ago, uh, back in, I was in Boston when I first started doing this kind of work we had a zero interest loan program, just no interest at all. And the response was pretty incredible. We had, I remember when it opened up, we had four people on the phone all day for, for like five days, just taking calls and wow. listing people who were gonna go and do energy audits for and retrofit their homes. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, di di different programs, but people, it, it's like, not everyone has the cash just to go out and, you know, buy right. any water heater. And, heat pump that's but, a challenge uh, with rebate program you need a really strong financing program to go with this right because um, for people to make that initial investment sometimes is tough because that may be mm -hmm. a choice between you know real practical things like do i pay do i do i buy the same amount of groceries or do i get a new mm -hmm. heat pump for the rebate so you got to make sure that the money is set up to, to to allow people to do what they need to do um, yeah. Now, Tom, also, when we first met and we're talking about this kind of stuff, uh, you gave this fantastic presentation of your personal, because again, all of this stuff is like how the choices that we make mm -hmm. and how we invest our time and our energy. And we're all, we're all doing this, as you said earlier, at the same time that we're working our jobs and raising our families and taking care of our lives and, yeah. and all that stuff. So you have a personally have been embarking on a, you know, climate the five plan. ten year plan. Ten year plan. Can you the talk about your plan and kind of generally about having a having a plan for climate? Yeah, yeah. I've had this idea and I've worked. I've talked to some friends about it, and right now it's an informal thing. But you know, this could be a program. But it's the idea of the five ten plan. So uh, reducing your carbon emissions and your energy use over over a ten year plan. And you know, a lot of our policies we're thinking about. Well, we want to get somewhere by twenty thirty. If you People talk about the Green New Deal. Um, so I think the important thing is like uh, not being, this is an effort to not be overwhelmed by, you know, climate change is a problem or, you know, life is a problem um, <laughs> and say like, oh, I got to do this right away. I got to stop using yeah. fossil fuels because it's bad for the world. Um, 
let's all take 10 years and let's take from 2020 to 2030 and let's take the year of 2020 just to plan you know so you 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 come up with a plan and um and then we take the next nine years to to, to implement it so you know i looked at this with my house and you know, i've done some things and i haven't done other things but um the the first thing uh, i'll just share some of the things i've done like in the one year scale i've got um smart thermostat which i've already done changing the toilets which i haven't finished doing um duck seal and reducing the ductwork that's in the crawl space which i've done part of and then repairing the floor insulation now those those are all things that i would hopefully do in the first year of this plan. Uh, then on more of a two-year scale, I have replacing my gas water heater with heat pump water heater. Um, and that's probably gonna cost, I don't know, $1,500, $1,800. Um, uh, I, do, I do a lot of work myself. So it might cost more with a, um, um, with a plumber. There are, um, I think there's a four to $500 rebate available for heat pump water heaters if you're going from electric to uh, heat pump. Anyway, that's a two-year plan. On a more, to more of a five-year level, I've got um, putting in some ductless heat pumps in the house. So I have a gas furnace now, um, and I probably would need two to three different heads for the ductless heat pumps. Um, but, you know, in, in the in the other part of that, my, our living room is really kind of cold and not that comfortable sometimes in the winter when it's cold. And so we're going to put one of those units in the living room, improve air sealing and, and mm -hmm. other things and have a lot more comfort. Um, nice. So that, that can be a huge change in these things. Um, in 2016, now, and I, I think about this, not just the house, but the car too, because in Puget Sound, uh, cars and trucks are actually the biggest piece of our our carbon emissions and getting them onto electric over over time is going to be we have a really clean grid here so our power is is about 70 65 percent hydro and and uh, I think it was 19 percent wind now um, so we have a clean grid so we should run all our vehicles on on electricity and keep the money at home you know not uh, send the money to CLC light and not to the oil companies I always want to, when we talk about uh, hydro being clean, I always want to point out that it is clean, but in the places where it severely blocks fish passage to it where is, it disrupts the it's not ecosystem, perfect, right. that needs to be improved. It's not perfect, right? It's relatively... It, that's not clean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, uh, 2016, I replaced my 1991 Volvo 240 with a, with a 2012 Lease, Nissan Leaf. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been the least expensive car and the nicest car I've ever owned. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, my fuel cost me about 50 cents a gallon. Um, and the car wasn't, because it was used, it wasn't a very expensive car. So yeah. that, that was in, I put that in the five-year plan. Uh, but in our um, maybe five to 10-year plan is replacing our second car with uh, either electric or maybe a plug-in hybrid. Um, mm -hmm. um, and then... On the I, should, I should add five my, to my, ten my... years, I have a, I have doing a solar system. Although um, I really wish I could do the solar system like this year because there's a federal tax credit still on it, and that's probably going to be gone in five years. So um, I have to think through that one. You know, so there's there's a plan um, 
I've had neighbors that have already done most of this, you know, they've done it in one whole, one big uh, shot. Um, and I think when you're saying people buying home or selling a home, that's a, that's a really great opportunity to, um, to implement a plan like this. Yeah. Cause that's when you can get some financing and you can get, you know, you could use a HELOC towards it, you know, all, all, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You just, you're kind mm -hmm. of in the framework of making those changes. It's, it's, I always try to encourage clients who are interested in this stuff to think about it as on par with, do you knock out the wall to expand the kitchen? Do you, mm -hmm. you know, improve your insulation? It's, it's just, it's part of home improvement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other really great opportunity is, is if, if people happen to be doing like residing or re-roofing when the house comes up for that point uh some homes have like a flat roof or a low slope cathedral roof that's like a cathedral ceiling mm -hmm. uh well when you when you're re-roofing it it's an opportunity to blow that full of insulation and put some rigid insulation on top of it and you have a really great system and it's really difficult to do if you don't have the roof if you're not taking the roof off in some situations mm -hmm. um and then with reciting um let's talk about the bigger plan because people doing these major retrofits and i'm just going to let you know tom we've got about four minutes left so we kind of again mm -hmm. folks if you want to talk to tom balderson about all his in-depth knowledge because he knows a lot of important things he's with balderson and associates there's also resources available through puget sound energy and seattle city light go check it out there's contractors you can talk to um, but mm -hmm. tom in the last few minutes let's kind of wrap up and yeah well, uh, let me, let's talk about Passive House because that's the kind of exciting thing that's happening. This is originally uh, originally came from Canada and the U.S., the idea of super insulated houses. Uh, but it was taken off by, by some German people, and it's now in, in Europe and Austria, Germany, Ireland. Um, they have tens of thousands of buildings that are now uh, either built or retrofitted. So the whole idea is that you when you build a building or you do a major refit of a building, um, you insulate it to really high levels and you make it really airtight. And then you put in a ventilation system, a heat recovery ventilation system, which exchanges heat with the, it, it, it recovers the energy when you're ventilating the fresh air or when it's cold outside. So you have plenty of fresh air, really good air quality, super insulation, and you turn out to turns out you need very little heat energy to heat the house. So these buildings use 70, 80% less energy than standard buildings. Very cool. So look at uh, pa passive house. Yeah. And I'm so, so sorry, Tom. I got to, I've got to wrap it up. But um, if you want to learn more about this, these sorts of concepts, there's a great opportunity coming up on the 22nd with the Northwest Eco Building Guild. It's actually um, a workshop that Tom has been involved in creating and that's net zero at light speed. July 22nd, go to nwebg.org to learn more. There's a Zoom meeting. Tom, thank you so much for um, sharing, oh, thank you. sharing all of this. Mm -hmm. Go check out Balderson and Associates, everyone. Go check out the resources from Puget Sound Energy and Seattle City Light. We've got some time these days, and there's some people out there that can help you make your home more efficient, save energy, water, money, improve our climate, carbon footprint, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. thanks, Rebecca. Take care. Bye-bye, everyone. Pleasure. Sustainability Sessions, I'm your host, Rebecca Sayer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.